0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving Minds podcast. We're coming from a lockdown in Queensland instead of Melbourne, and today we're joined by a guest who actually has experienced five different lockdowns in Melbourne. Thank you, Michelle Noonan, for joining us today to share with us some tips and tricks for how parents and can live in lockdown with their children. Thanks for coming.
1: Thank you for having me. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Yes, I do live in Melbourne. Um, We moved here actually five, five, six years ago now, so I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing now. (laughs) Um, But I live here with my husband, uh, my two children. I've got a 10-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son, and we have a greyhound and a cat. I'm a full-time mum, and when I find the time, I try to work as a freelance photographer.
0: So uh, today we're talking about how to help people thrive through these times of uncertainty. And um, it couldn't be more important, could it, than you Mm -hmm. as someone that's had the experience of what it's like to not know when things are going to change, to bring some of the things that you've learned as a parent um, to handle having children at home and um, having to live with working and uncertainty. There's many people in this situation right now so we, do you want to describe a little bit about how it has been for
1: you as a family? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, 2020, I think really, um, look, you know, nothing's going to prepare you for that. Um, uh, things started to change, obviously, when COVID started and then quite quickly we found ourselves in in lockdown. You know, kids were coming home um, to do their schooling at home. So, um, back then my son was six going on seven and he was doing uh, his year of prep. And uh, my daughter was in year four. So, uh, and my husband also, he was suddenly, uh, March, April was working from home. And um, so, we're, here we are all together uh, <laughs> um, uh, under the same roof, trying to juggle uh, home routine, work routine, school routine. Um, kids are are logging on at uh, you know web meetings with their teachers in the morning we've got you know one child in one room and then the the other child in another room and my husband at the same time trying to log on and do his work Um, (laughs) and tiptoeing around trying to find that little five minute window where I can uh, use the coffee machine (laughs) to get through the day Um, uh, yeah so uh, yeah. So because my husband's working, he's full-time doing that. So pretty much uh, because I was home, that was my responsibility to get the kids through school. So not only are we uh, not uh, prepared, we don't, under, you know, to, to actually teach the kids, here we are sort of suddenly in that situation. So um, uh, my son needed a lot of help going through prep. That was pretty, pretty challenging. Um, this was actually his second year of prep. So he had struggled th- through his first year um, uh, and, uh, hadn't met the milestones. And I, and I think then looking back now, I know he just, he just struggled to, 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 to focus on what he needed to do because anxiety and, and whatnot was, was quite challenging for him. So, um, he needed a lot of support and, uh, my daughter being a little bit older, she was able to work a little bit more on her own. Um, you know, but we're getting our heads around the technology and, and, and having two kids there, you know, with, with different routines. Um, uh, and often really the day was just like a triage situation. It was kind of a case of, you know, we, we, we couldn't really sit there and say, well, this is all the stuff that we're going to do through the day. Um, the kids are going to log on and then suddenly they might be straight into another, you know, one-hour session with a teacher face-to-face or um, often the kids are trying to understand what the task is they've got to do. So I'm sitting down listening to, I'm watching the videos with them, listening to, to the recordings the teachers have done, and they put a fantastic amount of work into it, but it meant I had to sit down with him. I had to go through all of that. Um, and then not only is he trying to understand what he's doing, but if he's not understanding and he's finding it challenging, then he he could actually, I could physically see him. You know, he'd be times he'd run up the stairs uh, away from his work. Um, he'd just go into that flight mode and he's gone and there's tears. And so everything has to be put on hold because suddenly you're having to deal with that emotional outburst and then focus on the schoolwork after you can calm them down and nothing else is getting done. You just that that is the only thing you can focus on. Um so would you just uh, my daughter
0: sorry. would you say, Michelle, that uh and that what families in this same situation as you are going through are really the undescribed elements in this whole pandemic. People are not talking about the stress on young families, um, trying to yeah. parent and homeschool and work and and some people have businesses as well think this this part of the pandemic is the silent part
1: it, it is and but and everybody is a little bit different um I mean you'd we'd go on our our neighborhood walk, walks and you'd run into somebody and um they'd be saying no I'm I'm yeah I was at work and now I'm at home and and either the business they can't do it or you know they've got those there's the financial struggles as well as well that work might not be uh, might not be able to even and have a job or, or do their work um it, so all the stories which just had that little bit of difference and um and as you talk to people that they, they'd all be going through it in their their own sort of way so uh, it, it is quite and because you're so detached from people you, you're you're in your own little home bubble so as I said apart from maybe running into people or you know on our little neighborhood walks you don't really know what people are going through because you've not only you, you you've got your 5k zone in place as well so you're, you're cut off from family um, you don't have that opportunity to talk to them face to face as well um, so no you don't you don't really hear about it you sort of you can be online trying to get some sense of what's going on but that that's uh, hard as well because sometimes you actually just have to log off because it's not always not always that helpful um, considering what's going on so yeah you you're in your own bubble and you're just kind of trying to figure it out yourself and so you seem to have figured it out quite well to be honest um we're now a little
0: bit down the track and a lot you you are thriving even despite the so i think what we want to share with this audience really, because it's called The Thriving Minds Podcast, is not to dismiss what people are going through. Um, Obviously, it's not easy, but there are some tips and tricks that you've used um, and that you talked to me about that might assist and help other people in your situation. And do you want to share some of those with the audience and what you've been doing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I guess for me, because I have had some uh, very personal experiences where I've seen where, when brain health, you know, when when you struggle with that, what, what can happen, I guess for me, I'm, I'm quite motivated to understand what to do. Um, 2020 already, 2020 started for me and I was in a pretty bad place anyway. My sister had died in 2019 of a brain aneurysm. She was 38. So I wasn't coping. I wasn't doing very well. And uh, sorry not to- only was I, Thank, thank you. And I was I, so I was I was in a pretty bad place. I was grieving through that. We had been estranged, and that was due to family traumas we'd grown up with as kids. Um, and I'd also had I had a sister who in um, who'd passed away in two thousand and one, and that was from a, an overdose of prescription painkillers. So I, I I kind of really had some understanding of when it when things don't go right, it can it, it can have a devastating effect. So I I. Um, Had interesting. I'd been reading the the age, and I came across an article that mentioned your name and your book, and I thought, great, this might be the thing I need because I was really standing on on the edge of what I can describe as like a just a a bottomless black um, canyon. I just didn't know what to do. I was pretty lost, and then COVID hit, and it kind of snapped me out of it. And I went, okay, all right, I've, I've got to get through this because now I've got to get my family. I've got to get my kids through this, and I knew that if I can get them through this. Not only is it important now, but it's important for them down the track of how they're going to process all of this. So I'd read the book. Um, I'd got your uh, Trace It to Erase It uh, book as well. So we were doing things like tracing exercises so through the day because we had that opportunity now we were homeschooling or I say homeschooling but remote schooling um we would sit down and say okay let's all just sit at the table and we would sit down and I'd print out uh one of the pictures from the trace it to erase it and we would just sit down and draw and we would trace and we would talk through things and we would do that as a family at the table together which was great um and we would just try to do that And we would just every day, just doing a bit of trace it, try and finish a, a a picture. And if not, we and then when we did, we move on to the next one. We were doing the um, ice bowl challenges. So we'd fill really? up a bowl. Of, yeah, we did it, we did it. I do have to
0: say, Michelle, that we need to let the audience know that I had no idea about this because otherwise it feels like an infomercial for me and I'm not really good at that. Um, oh. That you contacted me completely randomly. Um, otherwise it does sound... And, like, if you know what I mean, yes, but I'm really glad because uh, obviously I wouldn't have done these things unless I also saw value from in my own life and from the science. But I am so happy to hear that that was helping your family through this crisis, which is what we're here to do. Mm. I'm really happy to hear that. Do you want to describe
1: um, what you did with the ice challenge? Well, we basically, I'd have my ice cubes in the freezer and then we say, right, who's up for the ice ice bowl challenge? And um, we sort of take it in turn. So I'd let my, usually my, my son would try and go first and he was, oh, it was about 11 seconds he could handle. <laughs> and um, my daughter, she would then, she'd have a go. She was pretty good, actually. She, she was like, she was in there for three minutes. She kind of would set the challenge and be like, all right, that's what I'm going to have to beat. So she was really focused. She just, her mind, it was amazing. So I'd let them go first because I thought if I do it first, I'll warm up the water for them. <laughs> and I do want to make it easy. <laughs> and then I'd do it. And um, yeah, I and the, 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 the feeling afterwards was kind of like, I don't know, it's sort of, well, not euphoric, but it was kind of like my brain would just kind of be, you know, it really just, it really helped. Now, instead of that, we're using that tip you mentioned the other day, which was the ice pack on the back of the neck. Um, which is good because I'm not trying to get in and out of the freezer, refu- re- refreezing <laughs> ice cubes and doing all that sort of stuff. Um, so the kids did that, but um, by doing these things, I'd always be like, you know, Selena says this and Selena says that, and um, that they just—they're they're young, they're eager to learn, and they—they were starting to understand. My my son could—I'd say to him, look, you're you're curled up on the fe- in the fetal position on the floor. I can see that this is what you're trying to do is is. I can see you physically acting out what what's wrong so we were by seeing what they're doing and pointing out to them what's going on in that that fight flight freeze um response it was educating them so they could see what was going on um, uh, we played some uh, some sort of challenges with some of the the activities ha- that my son had to do so i print out little uh, words on paper and stick them onto a plastic bottle and get him to use a Nerf gun and just shoot the words down. We were just doing things that they would never be able to do at home and say, right, don't be afraid of this word. You say it, you get to shoot it down. Um, So they really got to understand their their brain and how it was working, what was going on, and I'd say, right, okay, they don't always want to hear it because I'd say, you know, your irrational brain is in the driver's seat at the moment, the foot's on the accelerator, the rational brain's in the back seat and it's just going on for the ride, okay? So we're going to have to change it up and we're going to have to do something else. So we would try and power poses. i tell them, stand on the top of a building. You're the superhero, the people looking up to you. That <laughs> didn't always work. <laughs> My son would be sort of like this limp sort of superhero with he's all curled up and everything. But we just kept practising and practising this. So we were kind of trying to focus on the brain health side of things so they could get through the schoolwork my son didn't like reading, he didn't like writing, and then by about term three, his teacher was just blown away at how his reading had come along. He'd get on there and she'd say, all right, let's, can you read this for me? And she'd just like, wow, wow, I can't believe how well your, your readings come along. So, I know that these things get in the way of them learning academically. Um,
0: well, well and done for doing that, yeah. uh, going that extra yeah. step, especially under the situation that you were in in Melbourne at that time. It's not easy, is it?
1: it it's not easy, but I say, you know I say things happen for a reason. I, I, I tend to sort of look at it more that try and take that opportunity and make it work for you. Do take something out of it Um and see what you can do with it um and so I try to look at it positively but that's because I'm always trying to do that I don't always do it I don't always succeed in doing it that way but I push myself to do it because I know how things impacted me when I was a kid and I want these kids I want to break that cycle I want them to understand and to be better aware of it well that's amazing because
0: I mean we do understand now that we do inherit these things over generations which is probably what you've been listening to and reading absolutely. about absolutely and we as humans have the capacity to try and break that cycle and that's what you're doing and I'm really that's fantastic um to hear that Michelle I'm really proud of you and this is not easy stuff to do mm-hmm. but it's so worth it when you see the results
1: and 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 yeah and thank you to you as I said that the podcast sort of um I, you know, I'd heard about neuroplasticity in the past, kind of forgot about it, and then I would sort of heard it again and I sort of felt, well, I'm not trapped in this this one road that's going to lead to somewhere that I'm not going to be happy with. I realise I can change it um, and I can do something about it, which means I know that I, as I said, my kids have probably inherited all, all that family's history and everything that's there. But it doesn't mean it's fixed. It means we can we can change it. We can do something about it. And I know I have to do that for them.
0: And what about for you? What How are you taking the oxygen mask? Because obviously um, just what you're talking about, then it's clear that the kids are going to mimic you and it's, it must be that you're doing this for yourself too, innate, to a, that you have enough strength to be able to do it for them, as we know so how do you want to help the other parents online listening to you to
1: say what you do to take the oxygen mask for yourself first uh yeah and and it and it's interesting because people talk about that a lot and it's not until you're in that situation you realize what that really means um and as I said when 2020 started I was quite often I'd be in my room I'd be in tears I was trying to deal with grief, and and we'd been to Sydney to for the funeral, so the kids are kind of, they'd just come back with us and we'd been going through that for months. So I'd seen what I was going through. I knew what I was going through, um, uh, and COVID was kind of like a, 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 a circuit breaker for me, and I had to stop for a minute and realise, okay, this isn't going to work and I'm not going to get them through it. Um, so I guess for uh, parents now, I guess... There's got to be some flexibility, but at the end of the day, you're going to have to look after your brain health. I think academically, the kids will thrive. that will happen. That's not the focus. The focus has to be on the mental health side of things. Um, and I know the schools are trying to support parents getting through that and talking about the mental health as well, but I think don't be afraid to to stand up and say, okay, well, my kids can't manage this extra task at the moment. They're not going to get it done today. They can't do the homework. We're doing these other things that I feel are more important to mentally get them through what's happening so again you know this year hasn't been without its lockdowns again although the five kilometre rule thankfully isn't there um so again we're we're drawing on those experiences from last year and putting those back into practice so that the tracer books come back out again it's on the table we're using the ice packs um lots of hugs some tears um you know those sorts of things is really just being able to just stop and sometimes I do have to I have to stop I have to I have to breathe and pause and say okay but as I said this is a continuing continuing uh process for me as well it's not always easy every day it's still challenging it's still ongoing it doesn't end um and I'm not I haven't perfected the technique but I know to say also to the kids I'm sorry you know what was happening there I was I was not in a good place I was I was having a bit of a a a, a brain freeze or a fight uh, experience so they know they know what i I know it they know it and we stop and we say okay all right so what can we do but i said it's not easy but i said i think just putting all the other stuff to to aside it just you do have to focus on yourself so you can to be kind yourself look after yourself but look after after your family and i think if everyone can do that in their little bubble as a greater community it will all sort of come together
0: yeah and um it it isn't easy in those moments but that's why we try and Mm. do it every day don't we to so that we can put in what I like to call the bridge into those miggy moments
1: (laughs) yes Um, yes absolutely
0: but and I think as I said if if sorry yeah it's beautiful sharing it with your children it normalizes that for everybody doesn't it
1: yeah, exactly. And that's what I was going to say. I think by by just talking to them, you know, someone once said, if they ask you a question, just answer it. So if, if we're sort of saying, look, I've just had a really bad moment, um, and they, they understand because we've talked about that. Um, and I also ask them to, you know, ask after they've been through something, they know, they know what's been going on in their minds as well. So it, it does normalise it, and they go, "Well, it's, 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 it's not me, it's my brain." And as we talk about it, you've got to turn it around. You've got to be the boss. That's not always easy. It's not. It's. It can be quite challenging. My daughter will stare down at me with a frown, even if I tell her to breathe five in and five out. She can still be quite determined. Um, but it's a process we do it every day it is exercise we have to practice it we do it um there's days where it, it doesn't happen I'll be honest and then there's other days where we can say okay we, we we know what we need to do
0: uh this is it's I'm so glad to see that you're getting so much benefit so what what is your you, you mentioned being a photographer do you want to share a bit about that
1: um I, yeah I was trying to when I um had uh, after my daughter was born I was doing part-time work in the IT industry and then I was pregnant again and then I left that behind and uh wanted to look at something I might be able to do with my photography so I've uh recently or well, in the last year or so uh tried to sort of push myself I'm trying to do some photography for book covers that's uh a whole new interesting challenge um something i'm very new at but it's sort of pushing me creatively outside my comfort zone so often i'm photographing the kids or kids with the you know the dog and things like that just family stuff um but to push myself out outside of just the normal family documentary documentary type uh, work i'm um, trying to do some book cover stuff so that's that's challenging that's interesting <laughs> we need a miggy cover michelle oh do you
0: (laughs) 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 let me know yeah
1: (laughs) yes it would
0: (laughs) um so if we get to travel again which i'm sure we will where would you like to go to and where's Uh, we are place you've been
1: to that you want to share well we've we've been to japan a couple of times um so that was, that was, we had another trip planned in 2020. Um, so it's a, a trip I want to, I want to go back to Japan again. There's so much to do. There's just so much to explore there. I just, I love it. It's like a, a, a wonderful place to visit. We'd also like to go to Germany. We have family there. We'd um, uh, like to visit them. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe, and maybe when we can can do uh, tapas again in, in Spain, I hope, <laughs> We'll have to we'll have to see, Um, but yes, those are things I still think about. We did we did a lot of travelling before COVID and before kids actually, Um, so it's really hard not being able to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah. um,
0: So I'd like to kind of head to the close on the podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, thank you for sharing your your background story because you probably as you probably know from reading my book, that my book was dedicated to my sister who passed and she actually was the reason I became a neuroscientist. And I don't talk about this very often on the podcast, but without her, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation. So I feel like it's a lovely way to um, come together really because, you know, I'm sorry you lost two sisters. I can't imagine how hard that has been for you. And I think what you're doing right now for your family is in great dedication to them and their life. And you're mm. actually helping you're helping a lot of people by coming onto this podcast because there's a lot of people struggling and you offering your insights and and going the what I like to call path A, the difficult path of brain health, <laughs> as you know, because the brain mm-hmm. always likes us to take us back to, you know, sitting in our grief, um, which is yes. nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't help our children to thrive. So what would you like to share in dedication to your beautiful sisters and your family? Some some things that you'd like to put out there to inspire and help others thrive in these moments when it really feels like we can't, doesn't it? So, But you have and you're a very strong woman. So do you want to help some other people follow your path?
1: I, I think just uh, I, I said be kind to yourself but also to others. I think even if you can just reach out to one person today, whether it be just face-to-face or a call or, or, or something just to see how somebody's doing um I think that's uh, that helps uh you giving to someone um obviously it's going to make you feel better but uh for me yes being able to uh be there for, for my kids is is my way of saying okay these things have happened um but there's something that positive will come out of it um something always does um it it is it is easy to focus on the negative but um yeah I just I just think if you can just reach out to one person today just to see how they're doing um that can make a huge difference yeah like you reached out to me I'm really grateful Michelle and it's and and, no I have to I have to thank you because I think as I said I I felt connected to you from the beginning because of that personal story that you shared about your sister. And I think um, that even that story itself, without anything else, was able to, was helped me to realise we can talk about this. It's something that I've always kept to myself and quite personal and hard to share. And I think even just coming on here and talking about that is part of my, grieving and, and still dealing with it process, um, but but moving forward, as you said, always just moving forward. Yes,
0: and they're going to be so proud of you for doing that, um, for sharing and helping others because that's what we're here to do, is to impart our knowledge, not just to keep it once we have it. <laughs> And, Absolutely. And just for other people listening out there, I have to say that in all honesty, I didn't think I'd be having this conversation. I didn't think this is what I was going to discover about the brain. Um, as you know, I'm a pharmacist and medically trained. I developed drugs for 20 years and neuroplasticity was only something that I came to uh, discover and practice in my own life, but in so also the research lab. Only in the recent times of about eighty years, uh, in the last eight years, sorry, out of the thirty years that I started to study the brain after my sister's mental illness. So I'm so glad that I can help your family, and you can help other families, and we can keep spreading the word that there are some ways of getting into thriving by understanding how our brains work.
1: Absolutely.
0: So thank you to your beautiful children for doing the ice challenge and the tracing. <laughs> I'll pass that on. <laughs> tell them that we'd love them to come on and tell other people what they do and what they feel to help some kids that are out there struggling too. Uh,
1: yes, yes, yes. I will, I'll pass that feedback on. Yeah. And um,
0: thank you. Would you like, you get the last word on the podcast. So what would you like
1: oh, to say? Uh, oh, gosh, that's a tough one. Um. Yeah, just 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 hang in there. You can do it.
0: Thank you so much. And that's all we have for the Thriving Minds podcast this week in lockdown in Queensland. <laughs>